Hello and welcome to the conversation. Uh, I'm Todd Brown and this is Rick Coop. Hi guys. Uh, and this is the eGathering podcast. So each week Rick and I get together and we talk through different things in our faith, in our religion that um, are interesting to us. We have these conversations anyway and at one point we thought, hey, let's invite folks in to that conversation. Uh, and one of those conversations that we have had recently uh, is over the, the idea that you know, some people read the Bible and they'll read like Luke or they'll read a section of Matthew. They'll read the Sermon on the Mount, um, but they don't read uh, the whole Bible. They don't read all the Gospels. They don't read um, all of the Old Testament. They don't read all of those pieces. And we think uh, it, it became clear to us that if you don't read the whole thing, you're missing details. Or there's a story that just seems ridiculous uh, if you didn't read the whole thing then you think, well, that doesn't make any sense. How did that happen? And so we wanted to talk about uh, some of those stories, some of the things that are tied together or made more clear by reading all of the Bible. Uh, it's something that screams in the, in the Gospels because you got four different guys telling the same story right. with different yeah. details. Um, but I even noticed it in the Old Testament. There are different ways that the same story is told by different groups of people. Um, I was um, listening to First and Second Kings, and there's a lot of retelling of the same story over and over again from different viewpoints. Yeah. So what you're saying about the Old Testament, it, it's very true. The, the the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament are very linear, mm -hmm. but they're linear in that they tell the same story. Uh, there's branches, and they will tell a story the same way or a little bit differently later on in another book, maybe, or later on in, a, in another chapter of the same book. Yeah. So it's kind of, you have to be aware of what's going on when you read the scriptures, that the story um, there's a fullness of it that you're not going to get if you just read one little chapter or a few verses. Uh, you can pick up a much more. And that's the way it is with the gospel and the gospel parallels. Yeah. You, there are different writers who write from different viewpoints, but they're telling the same story yep. uh, with their own flavor added to it. Well, and to kind of get started, because I don't think people think of the Old Testament that way. They don't mm -hmm. think that the Old Testament tells, they don't think of it that way mm -hmm. because when you read the Gospels, it's like boom, 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 boom. You read all four and you're reading them one right after the other and mm -hmm. so you get that it's a little different twist on the same story. But people don't recognize, like for example, First and Second Samuel mm -hmm. and First and Second Chronicles mm -hmm. tell the same story. Same stories. The exact same stories. Mm -hmm. But Samuel stops before Chronicles does. But they're different perspectives. Samuel is being told, First and Second Samuel is being told by Samuel. Mm -hmm. And then others who wrote things after Samuel died <laughs> to complete the story. But First and Second Chronicles is the same stories. But it's not being written by the people who were in it. It's being written by the priests and the Levites who are more concerned with the the religious perspective of it. Mm -hmm. Then Sam, Samuel's telling you a story that he lived from a re 
religious perspective, God's very directly involved, very quickly, God's very directly involved. But First and Second Chronicles is more, uh, let's make sure and tell you the details. So um, David's ancestry is told differently. Uh, the book of Samuel traces David's uh, ancestry from Jesse, uh, whereas Chronicles traces it all the way back to Perez, because Samuel's concerned with Jesse, because he mm -hmm. knew Jesse, and Jesse's somebody he was standing in front of mm -hmm. at that point to deal with that, uh, whereas Chronicles is more concerned with what's the lineage of this? Why is David important? How come David gets to be a part of this thing? Um, the book of Chronicles provides a more positive, idealistic version of David, and Samuel's with David. <laughs> so he knows what's going on. He knows how he got there, and he's more interested in telling you um, the earthy story of it. Yeah. I mean, Chronicles just barely covers Saul at all. That, to me, is the, the most important part about when you read Scripture that you make sure that you're getting a full picture. Context, context, yeah, context. Absolutely. There, uh, a word came to me when we were talking about doing this, that there, that there is meat in the redundancy of what's going on with these the, the, the scriptures. And all it's trying to do is give you the full picture of what's happening at any given moment. It doesn't happen in all the scripture, but there's quite a bit of scripture that tells us this is the story. Uh, this is the same story, but this is the story from this angle. Well, I think it's important that when you read, you make sure that you're reading the fullness of the scripture. What's the... What's It, it sounds... So much of what we do with this book is we want to make it a magical, mystical thing mm -hmm. that just appeared in the room Instead of people telling the story of God as they experienced it. And I, and I believe that God inspired them to write the story as they told it. But I mean, you get some pretty extreme examples in the first and second Samuel, and there are way too, way too many others for us to cover in any reasonable time. But in first and second Samuel, it, in, in one place, in Samuel, God tells David to take his census. In First and Second Chronicles, Satan inspires David to take sin. Senses. In both places, God gets frustrated and ticked off about the way that it went down, and there are consequences for that. Mm -hmm. But did God inspire David to take a census, or did Satan inspire David to take a census? Or should a king be just taking a census because of the way that he did it? Satan twists it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it comes back to, what's their angle? Samuel's telling you about this man who loved God, who was trying to work through this being a king thing. Chronicles is telling you about their historical king and the understanding of him. So if he goofed up, it had to be Satan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it wasn't Satan who twisted it, because it was Satan who twisted it. But it's just the angle. It's where am I looking at this from? Mm -hmm. Am I am I am I watching the movie or am I reading the book? Yeah, I like that illustration that you get. You and I have talked previously. You can watch the movie, and it's more like a to use this terminology, it's more like a cliff note. Yeah. 
and it may not even be an accurate cliff note. Yeah. But if you read the book, you get what the author intended. Samuel was living the movie. Mm-hmm. Chronicles is writing the book. Mm-hmm. It's people who have a job to do. Their job is to write historically, to chronicle what was going on through their history, who were their kings, and what the things that happened. And from a from a very from the from the perspective of the church and what the church was needing and experiencing and trying to explain to people as they move forward. So we get a lot of that, mm-hmm. and I think that's the inspiration for for us talking through this. The thing we noticed was. Well, and I think it's important that there's a there's a broader picture uh, that I'd like to kind of bring into this too, is that the the Old Testament is a continuing story uh, looking to the time of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. From from beginning to end, you can see pictures of the Messiah. So the story is being told. Then you get into the New Testament where Messiah is here. But but the New Testament pulls from the Old Testament. I've heard you say many times, Jesus was an Old Testament preacher. Yep. So you're getting the story again, but this time you're getting the story from after the birth of Jesus as the Messiah and him fulfilling it. So not only are we getting these stories that are the same about like David, uh, but we're getting the story again throughout the, the scriptures of Jesus, who he is, who he's going to be, and then he comes and who he is and and what he's become. So you get this constantly through the scripture, the telling of the stories over and over and over again, whether it's Jesus' teaching or whether it's the actual, his fulfillment of prophecies. I just, I thought that was kind of, it's a, it's a very neat thing about how interwoven the scriptures are from beginning to end with each other, uh, whether it be in the beginning or the last words of Revelation. Uh, it, there's, there's constant tie-ins. It's this network of constantly plugged into itself. There is a guy who did um, a computer geek, being a computer geek, I was on the computer geek in it, who did... If you're, de- if you're dealing with websites, there's something called a hyperlink, which is you see a word in a document, and you click on the word, and it takes you to another document. Mm-hmm. And you read that document, and there's places you click, and it takes you to another document. And you read that document, and there are places you click, and it takes you to another document. They're hyperlinked to each mm-hmm. other. And he took the Bible from the perspective of hyperlinks, which means mm-hmm. when you read the Bible... This links to that and that and that. This links to that and that and this and this and that. This links to that and this links to that. And there's all these links. And he created a chart that shows you all the hyperlinks that are within that document. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. How many times it links to each other telling that story. But kind of back to where we started... Before we leave that, do you do you remember where you can find it? Um, I don't. I I don't. But I'll bet if you look up like hyperlink hyperlinked hyperlinks in the Bible hyperlinks yeah. in the Bible, you'll yeah. find it. Well, in case it's somebody it. wants to know, yeah, it's I don't have it. Okay, because it just came to me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to conversation. There we go. Uh, it, it's. Um, 
to me, what it says about my book is that it's it's not just random. Exactly. I mean, we're talking we're talking about right now this idea that these stories are interconnected and that they tell the same story from different perspectives, but they are linked. They're mm -hmm. the same story, um, but but from different points of view, as, as we've talked mm -hmm. about, this idea of if I who play defensive line am watching a football game, I can get as excited about a sack as somebody who played wide receiver can get ex as excited about uh, a fingertip catch at the back of the end zone mm -hmm. or a great route that was run and he won't even see what happened in the line. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody who played offensive line would know that he wouldn't have even had time to run that great route if he hadn't done a great job playing the front line. But we're all watching the same game, but we're not even, he, one wouldn't even mention the other. Mm -hmm. And even if he did mention it, it would be a quick side note yes. of what happened instead of... And that happens in the scripture. Yeah, so Sometimes there is this just little... Quick! Oh, and it's almost a. Oh, by the way, yeah, this happened too. Or here's a little glimpse of. Uh, we were talking before we got started, and I, I don't know if we're ready to move into this. Yeah, yet. well, I was about to. Okay. You didn't. Um, but you were talking about how John um, describes an event, and yeah. I'm not going to reveal it, but an event. At the at the last meal. Okay, so getting into it. Yeah. What, a, a very good example of what we're talking about is the last night that Jesus spent with the apostles. So Jesus is Jesus knows we all know he knows mm -hmm. that this is his last night with his closest friends. Mm -hmm. These guys he spent three years with. He's been on the road with them. They've been cursed at and run off, and they've healed the sick. Miraculous they've they've fed thousands yeah. of people with yeah. little. They they've been with in, in each other's business. Jesus has been to Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. I mean, mm -hmm. they've been all up in each other's business for for a long time now, and so they're going to spend their last night together. The guys don't know that. Jesus knows that, and they're going to spend that night together, and. They, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the Gospels, tell that story differently from their perspective. So, we're going to talk later about who these guys are, who the apostles are, right? But from the perspective of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell, tend to tell the story pretty close to each other. Right, right. This they're called the synoptic, synoptic gospels, gospels because they're in synthesis with each other. They are they they tell almost at times as if they mm -hmm. had one some people accuse them of all copying off of one. That's true. And, yeah. and, and John tell, tends to tell things from a completely different perspective. And they're not so close that I would say they copied but but there are those who say that Mark was first first and that others saw what he wrote. Right. Um, but that night, they tell the story a little differently. Um, when we look at what uh, 
when we look at what Matthew and Luke tell of that night, they tell of um, the supper. They tell of that night and of the supper. So the last night together from Matthew's perspective is on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want to make preparations to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city uh, to a certain man and tell him. And so he starts talking about you know, how to get this thing together. This is on, uh, when the evening came, Jesus reclined at the table with the 12, and while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, that one of you will betray me. Uh, and they, uh, they were very sad and began to say to one another, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who dips his, hand, dips his hand into the bowl with me will betray me, and the Son, the son of Man will go just as it is written about us. Uh, the Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him that uh, he not have been born. Then Judas, the one who had betrayed him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, um, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and he gave, and after giving thanks, he said to them, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I do not drink from this fruit of the vine. From now, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine, from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Uh, when, they had, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now that's Matthew telling the story. Um, Luke doesn't tell the story a whole lot different. <laughs> so this is their night together. But then we look, then we look at John um, and so, what's the big deal here? Well, the big deal is the meal, right? Mm. So, the meal is the big deal here. Right? So, John, here's what John said about the meal. The evening meal was, the evening meal was in progress. There you go. That's it. Yep. <laughs> but that's not what he was concerned with. Right. John goes on to tell you the evening meal was in process, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power and that had, uh, that had come from God, and, and that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took, out, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his, his waist, and after he had poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with a towel uh, that was wrapped around him. Uh, so he goes on to describe this whole evening of making, of washing their feet, of Peter objecting and him saying, if I don't wash your feet, you ain't got no, you ain't no business with me. So just stop it. We're just going to do this. And he walks through that thing. But, but here's the thing. John spends 13, 14, 15 16 and 17 describing this night. 
out of there ain't that much of John. Right. But to him, this night is about way more than a meal that they had. I mean, Matthew goes, meal, leaving. John, <laughs> John goes, man, we, he, we had a meal. They washed my feet. I think it's a testimony to who these guys were. Absolutely. It, absolutely. You know, and, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have their reasons to be telling what, what they're, they're saying about uh, the life of Jesus, his ministry. Yeah. But John, more than any other gospel, is wanting the reader to understand that we are talking about the Son of God here. We are talking about the Holy One, the Messiah, the, the, the fulfillment of all these prophecies. Not that the others don't, because Matthew's real into the prophecy. Right. But John is. But John is pushing the issue here. He's trying to get us. I, it's like he sat down and, and he said to himself, I want the writer to know that Jesus is the Son of God. No doubt. No, no misunderstanding here. And I think the other writers are writing about him more so, if I can put it this way, about the Son of God who's man and his ministries and what he's doing. And John is trying mm -hmm. to emphasize I that we're talking about the Son of God here. You know, that's interesting because for me, when I read John, I read John wanting you to know his friend. Wanting you to oh, know yeah. the love and the care. He was part of the, the inner circle. of his friend. Um, yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. The community. This he washed my feet. Yeah. He sat with me on this night before he died and he explained all the pieces parts to me. He explained, hey, you guys need to recognize. Don't you know? You've been with and, and he does. Time. You've been with. Yeah. You've been with God. Thomas says, Well, if you just show us God, mm -hmm. then we'd be good with all this stuff you're telling us. And Jesus says, Thomas. Don't you know? You're with me. You've been with me all this time. And don't you know that the Father is in me and I am in the Father? And then my, one of my favorite parts is and that if you are in me and I am in you. And if you do the math, it's like, wow. Yeah. But John walks all that stuff too. I guess that, that makes your point as well. He's saying, Jesus sits with them and explains a horrible thing that's coming. I see Matthew, Mark, and Luke as the teachings about God's compassion mm -hmm. and God's, you know, caring for mm -hmm. us. But it's in John, uh, two of the scriptures, you and I have talked about it, two of the scriptures that we really, really love. Uh, John is talking about the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then you go on to 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What I see John trying to say is, here's the Son of God, and he loves you. He's here because God loves you, and Jesus loves you. Where... Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Again, I'm not taking trying to take anything away from you know. The, they're showing the compassion, the teachings of Jesus, the the healings that he does, 
But John is emphasizing this, this love here, God's love for his children, his creation. My favorite verse in the Bible, if somebody said, what are your favorites, your favorite little section of the Bible, because I can't give you one word, uh, except I always go back to John 10, 30. The Father and I are one. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm wrestling with the idea of the Trinity, the Father mm -hmm. and I are one. But um, is John at the beginning, uh, in the beginning was the oh. Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and nothing that was made was made without Him. Um, the, the whole, and the and light entered the world, but the world was not willing to accept it. That whole, and I'm trying to explain who Jesus is to people. Yeah. It's John 1. Just read John 1. Don't, you don't have to go any farther. Right. That's Jesus. Now, from here, we'll nuance it. When, when I was a, a new, young Christian, young in the faith, I, I read Matthew, I read Mark, I read Luke, you know, and, oh, I, you know, tears in my eyes. And then I read John 1. And it was like, what? What? Wait a minute. You know, and I'm flipping my pages as fast as I can back to Genesis, and I'm going, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, it connected a whole lot of things for me. You know, I couldn't, and I, and I was, you know, so excited about it. I can remember going to the people in the church that I was attending and, Telling all you know. Have you seen yeah, this? <laughs> Isn't it cool? Yeah, yeah, it is cool. So yeah, we gotta spend some time. We gotta spend a whole conversation on the hyperlinks. Oh yeah. Um we, we just go for days on that. So real quick, four gospels. We talked about Chronicles and first and second Samuel, what they're about. You know, first and second Kings is basically a little history book, right? So mm -hmm. people talk about the Bible. It's 66 books. It's not one book. It's 66 books. There's books of poetry. There's history books. There's apocalyptics. There's mm -hmm. letters to friends. Prophecy. Right. A lot of different kinds of books. But four Gospels. Um, these are four different guys. So let's talk about who they are. Matthew is... Who's that? Matthew was the tax collector guy. Yeah. Um... A sinner. Um, he was who knew he was. Who knew he was. No, there wasn't. He wasn't trying to be all pretentious. Knew, knew that he was uh, a guy that was not liked by the Jews. Was not liked by the Romans. Uh, he wasn't liked by the Romans because he was a Jew. He wasn't liked by the Jews because he was a tax collector for the Romans. So when I think about Matthew and his writing of his book, one of the things that I remember from my school study was Matthew's writing the book from the perspective of a Jew to Jews trying to help them see that Jesus checks all the checkboxes. Mm -hmm. And Matthew above all the rest of them will say, and this fulfills the prophecy that, and mm -hmm. this fulfills the, and this was done so that the prophecy would be, um, so he's a tax collector. So he's an accountant. Yeah. He's a guy who's good with numbers, and he's good at making sure that everybody gets He's, he's an outsider guy, too. Right, and he's trying to prove to everybody. Some of yeah. it's proving him. Yeah, exactly. What is his inspiration? I, you get that feeling. He's almost kind of writing to himself, yeah. you know. Hey, 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 hey. The guy I was following, that's yeah. the real dude. Yeah. He was really the and, and I'm and I'm good because he yeah. was good. And yeah. I'm and I'm, I, all I have is this connection, so I'm going to prove to you. Check, 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 yeah. check, check, check. Yeah. He did all the things, right? 
But doesn't that sound like a money guy? Uh, absolutely. Like a guy? That's exactly I mean, they're, they're, you know that I watch The Chosen. Yeah. And I love how they portray Matthew in this because he is like a check off everything guy. You know, make sure that all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. And I love that because you see that. That's what he's doing. Yeah. So, Matthew, Mark, who's Mark? Uh, Mark was the guy who went with Paul, walked around with Paul. Um, Paul, a Pharisee, well taught. So I believe that Mark was well taught. That's something, and maybe I'm getting it a little ahead, but all of these guys, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, educated guys. Educated. Yeah, they, they have a, an understanding in a way. Right. So here you've got Mark, who would follow around with Paul and was taught under Paul. And then now he's telling his story. There are some who argue that Mark was the guy in the garden with Jesus when the guards came. And there was yes. the one guy who ran off, who was so scared he ran off naked. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, is, wouldn't, how would that be great to be that your claim yeah. of fame that you're the guy who ran away naked because you were scared? But there are those who say he was, uh, he was a disciple of Jesus in, in the periphery as well. Oh, I believe there was a lot of people that, that we don't... Mark was from yeah. that from yeah. that group. But Mark has a very definite bent when he writes. Uh, I would I remember hearing somebody say, uh, this is a reference for the old people, uh, that Mark is the Reader's Digest abridged version of the Gospels. Because yeah, Mark I can is, see that. Mark, just the facts, man. This is what happened. Yeah. This is what happened. That, that, and he just doesn't... So like... But doesn't that smack of a Pharisee's what? Here's the truth. This is this. what happened. Yeah. I'm just telling here's, you the story. Yeah. yeah. And that's why some people say that of the Synoptic Gospels that they copied from Mark. Because Mark is the quick, lay down, mm-hmm. here's the facts, version. Yeah. And then the others, and then we get into Luke. So Luke is a physician mm-hmm. who okay. is who is definitely a friend of Paul's, hanging out with Paul, mm-hmm. goes with him through, at, at some point, the book of Acts, which was written by Luke as well, at some point the book of Acts goes to first person. We did. Mm-hmm. So it's going from they did, they did, they did, they did, to we did, we did, we did, we did, we did. Um, which is said to be somebody. Luke was, Luke, Luke knows about this stuff, yeah. and then he joins the team, and now it's we're doing yeah. these things. Um, but Luke, I love the way that Luke starts, and I should have it open so I can start it, but hey, this is a conversation at a TV show. Um, so Luke starts by explaining that. It's a very different way of doing this, telling the story, whereas with Matthew, Mark, and John, we get some perception that they were there. For certain pieces of this, with Luke, Mark not so much, we don't know for sure, but with Luke, he starts it by saying, uh, where is it, where is it? Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those from whom first were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, 
so that you may know with certainty uh, the things that have been taught. So he just, he comes right out of front. He wasn't there. Yeah. He's researched it. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a doctor who's it, researching it, a, it a disease? Or... It's just a case yeah. that I was, there, there was there made to yeah. me right. of the things that occur. <laughs> um, but he's telling the story from the perspective, not of an eyewitness, but of somebody who researched it. So why wouldn't he be looking at what Mark had to say? That's one of the witnesses, what Mark had to say. Um, I think it's important to say that, look, each, these guys are men. Yep. They're out writing. Humans. Yeah, human beings who are writing these things in order to witness to something that they wholeheartedly, with all of their being, believe in, inspired by the Holy Spirit. God has said yeah. to their heart, you need to write this down. Write this down. I need you to write this down. And I love, some people think of Theophilus as a guy's name, and some will argue that it was. But the translation of Theophilus is lover of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's saying, I'm writing these things down for you, most excellent lover of God. Which sounds almost like uh, almost like the, the hippie movement we saw over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm writing this for you, most excellent lover of God. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can ride this way, dude. <laughs> adventures of Bill and Ted. Uh, the Adventures of Paul and Luke. Yeah, um, there you go. Uh, Paul, and, Paul and Luke's most excellent adventure. Uh, but, um, but he writes it in that way. It's that perspective. I'm telling the story as I researched it and as right. I found it. Right. So it's going to have a different... And then John... One of the inner three. John is one of the three guys who's taken... John the Beloved. John the Beloved. He he doesn't refer to himself as John. No, John the Beloved. He is the one that... I did notice in rereading some things, John's not afraid to give himself some props. Well, like I beat Peter. Yeah. With the great side. Yeah. Peter, Peter ran on ahead, but I ran past Peter and went right on him. You know, and, and I'm John the Beloved. Now, to, to give him who he was, he was part of the inner circle yep. with James and Peter. He, he was a fisherman. He, yeah, he was, he was very close to Jesus. And there are those who believe, some people believe that it may not have been John the Beloved, but there are those who believe that John the Beloved is the one who wrote the book of Revelation on Patmos. Um, so th- this guy has got this deep love for Jesus and tells his story his way. And, and I like, for me, whenever I read John, when I think of the book of John, I think of this is a love chapter, man. This is a guy... I mean, he's poor. He's, he's completely bought in. He knows who yeah. this guy is. You, you know, a lot of time when I read um, David's writings and, and, and songs, I, I did, man, I can feel the passion, whether that's total elation, you know, and, you know, God, you are just awesome. He was a passionate man. Or, or where, whether it's like, oh, Lord, I have messed up. I am, you know, I, 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 I'll heap the coals on myself, you know, and, just forgive me, Lord, just forgive me. And then, and I read John, and I almost feel a same personality type there, where he just wants to, God loves you, and isn't it great? And, and I want to tell you about God loving you, and, 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 
and Jesus is God, and He's the Son. You know, He came as a representation. And I, I feel this may be me, but I feel the passion of John sometimes more than I. Not that Matthew, Mark, or Luke are. are no, they're just different. They're it's just different. Yeah, different fellas. Yeah, and Mark, I think Mark's trying to make a point. He gets it through. Luke has researched, and he's this is a research yeah. paper he's giving you. Matthew is an accountant, and he's making sure that we get all the check boxes. Although Matthew was there, and, he, and and I can't imagine any of the bunch of them who felt more saved by Jesus. Oh, than true. But I will say this: there are people out there who will go. Wait a minute, Rick. I, John's cool, but but I get so much out of out of Luke. That's why there's four. That's why there's four. Because there are people who don't have time for this mess, and they just yeah. want to read Mark and they tell me to read Mark. And get, yeah, <laughs> there's people who are very much like Matthew. Give me give me the checkpoints. You know, get, get, dot the I's, cross the T's. Help me with that. Yeah. So what do we get? But bringing us back. Why does that matter? Well, that's cool. A lineman wants to read a lineman and tell you about the ballgame. Uh, I like that illustration. A second baseman way. wants you to tell him about second base. Mm -hmm. And he understands. The catcher wants to call the game. He gets it. But you got to have, if you want to understand the whole game, you got to hear from the right fielder and the second baseman and the pitcher and the catcher and the guy who's third base coach. You got to hear all of it to get a perspective, because they're going to tell you something different. An example of that for me is when we talk about the calling. This one, Another example, there's many. Mm -hmm. The calling of the apostles. Let me interject something real sure. quick. So, guys our age, about the sports analogy yeah. that yeah. you're using, guys our age know the name John Madden. Yep. <laughs> what these four Gospels are doing is giving us the John Madden viewpoint. Yeah. The guy that's up there understands the game, knows the game, mm -hmm. but he's up looking down with the perspective of the game and where he can see the great block that happened or how the offensive line has protected the quarterback, giving him that one more second mm -hmm. to throw that, you know, the pass so that the receiver can get it. The Harry Carey. We we are getting the Harry Carey. The Manning brothers. Yeah. The cast yeah. of the of the There you go. To bring, yeah, closer yeah. to today. Yeah, we're watching. We're the Manning getting brothers. a viewpoint that these four gospels are giving us that's different. So I, I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. And I want I, I I'm really interested. I know what you're getting ready to say, and I want to please no, talk but, about that. You no, know, understood. I'm just saying this is an example of of that perspective. Um, when we tear them up, why do you have to read all four of them? If we read about Jesus' calling of the, the apostles, if all we read is Matthew, first story, mm -hmm. then what we get is Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. He sees some fellows in a boat, and he calls the two brothers, Andrew and Simon Peter, and says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people. And they're like, Cool, drop my stuff, and I'm following you. And then he goes along out to another blue. Road, out of the blue. He just he never met him before. Yeah. He's just walking along, and he meets him. And then he walks along a little further, and there's another boat, and there's James and John. And he goes, hey, fellas, follow me. And they go, sure thing. We're going to leave everything. 
And they our leave life's in the boat. Yeah, yeah, they leave their, their business and their boat and their dad, and they just like yeah. get out of the boat and follow him. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Jesus wasn't that powerful. No, okay? I understand what you're saying. But these are real people in a real environment doing real things. It, it wasn't the, the football analogy. The defensive lineman, the defensive end, didn't just magically appear in the backfield right. and tackle the quarterback. There was like 700 plays before that, and it was set up, and it worked with, and there was a plan, and a scheme, and he met the coach before the game. They'd actually met. Um, so I, I'm going to play out Peter, okay? Yep. Okay, so, and then, because I love this story. I, I've, I've heard you talk about it before. And I, so I'm Peter, and I've been fishing all night long. Yep. Now, I, I have fished all night long, and I've, I've fished all night long and not caught anything. And so here's Peter, been out in this boat, fishing yep. all night long. Yep. Trying this place, trying that place, throwing his net here, throwing his net there, you know, nothing. Morning, sun comes up. I, I'm calling it, you know. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of this. Now, here's the, the human story, you know. I'm tired. I'm done fishing. I'm, I'm wet, you know, dragging this net in and out, you know, and throwing it. I, I, my arms ache. I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. Yep. So I bring the boat in, and there's this guy. And he says, cast your net out on the other side. Yeah. And it, it, in my mind, I'm thinking, what, what does this guy know about fishing? Well, yeah, and, 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 and he's talking to people when yeah. you pull out. Yeah. Or you're sitting there working, and this guy starts talking to people on the shore. Yeah. And you're trying to do your job, and he's up there talking, and then he comes over and stands in your boat and says to you, these people. Yeah. He's talking, and she keeps talking yeah. to people yeah. standing in your boat. And you're like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I, I'm, I'm working here. I'm painting the side of the story that if you just read one gospel. Yep. You know, and then Jesus says, cast your net. Come on, man. You know, I. I've been doing this all my life, yep. you know, and you're telling me now mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. There's more to the story. Yeah, there's a human side. There's a human side, but I want you to pick up, uh, if you would, because I, I do love this, Tyler. Yeah. Tell us about why Peter probably thought, okay, I'll I'll, I'll listen to this guy. Well, yeah. So if we. Matthew, Mark, this story is Jesus walking down, down the beach, and he sees, or the docks, and he sees these guys, and he says, follow me, and they go, cool, yeah. and they follow him. Um, again, I'm not discounting that that's not possible, but if we look at Luke, Luke tells the story of Jesus is standing on the shore, and he's speaking to people, and they're pushing up against him, and he steps into Peter's boat. Uh, Jesus saw two boats with fishermen in it, and he gets in the boat that belonged to Simon, and, and Jesus asked him to push out a little ways from the land, and then um, he stood there and taught the people. Yeah. And, and if you understand anything about if you've ever been on a boat on water, you know that the, the sound comes from you up onto the shore, mm -hmm. even if you don't want it to. Mm -hmm. um, but then he speaks to the people, and then he goes through what you talk about. He tells him to push out a little further, throw his nets back out, um, and then... Peter complains about it, uh, and then they catch a whole bunch of fish. And Peter's like, "Go away from me, Lord! I'm not even worthy of dealing with you. What are you? What in the world?" Mm -hmm. Todd paraphrase. And he's just 
struck with it. Just, what have you done? That this was that I caught fish after I couldn't catch fish all night. That things were horrible. Um, and then he, Jesus says, "Come with me, and I'll make you fishers of men." And and I think we part we don't catch is uh, he and he and all of those who were with him were surprised about the many fish. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were surprised as well. So now we know James and John weren't just in another boat way down. They were there. They're his partners. They're with him. It's part of what's going on. Yeah. And they saw what happened. They weren't just they weren't just there. They saw it. They they weren't just called. Uh, and says and um, and they worked together with Simon. Um, you know, hey, come here, let's get these fish pulled up, right? So now we've got humans who saw a thing that happened. But again, why is he good to Jesus when he gets in the boat? Um, it says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishers of men. So now all four of them are called. It's interesting. Andrew isn't in here. Yeah. In Luke's story, Andrew isn't even here. Right. Right. And, and that's that's the point that is, I, I love that point. What? what? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so tell us. Yeah. So then if we go to John, again, John's going to make it, make connection. So what we see in John is that John the Baptist testified about who Jesus was. John is standing in, for all we can gather is he's standing in Galilee. We don't know positively, Mm -hmm. but he's in that Galilee, Nazareth region close to the Sea of Galilee. Um, Jesus comes in from having been tempted in the desert after having been baptized, being ordained by God to be who he is. He's coming into town, and John points two of his disciples and says, one of whom is Andrew. Exactly. And says, that is the Lamb of God. And I know, because I was told when I when that one would come to me to be baptized and the Holy Spirit would descend upon him and it would stay. And that is the one. And who was there? Andrew. Andrew. Andrew was one of the two. So those guys are like, be right back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, those two guys go to Jesus and say, where are you staying? Yeah. Jesus says, come with me. And you'll it's, see. It's important right now. And who was Andrew to Peter? Andrew is Peter's brother. Peter's brother. And the guy in the boat. Yeah. In the Matthew Mark story. Yeah. We got to get all of them to know what's going on. So then Andrew spends a day with Jesus, mm-hmm. along with another d- disciple of John, who we don't know the name of. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He might be one of the apostles later. We don't. Yeah. But they spend the day with Jesus. Andrew's immediate response is to leave and go find his brother. Who is? Who is Stephen. Simon at this Simon, point, Simon, Simon and Peter. Yeah. And he goes to Simon and he goes, Simon, we found him. One. We found yeah. the one we've been looking for. We found the Messiah. You have got to come and meet this guy. And so they go and they meet him. Um, it says, uh, um, can any, uh, yeah. yeah. So they go and meet him. And when they go and meet him, um, Jesus looks at, at Peter and he says, you're, you're Simon. And, and he says, um, from now on, you will be known as Cephas, or the rock, or Peter. 
Um, and, and so they've met. This is before the boat. This is before the boat, before the catching of the fish, before the calling them to be fishers of men. They've met. They know so who each other are. This is not just some guy walking no. up to Peter and, and saying, getting in his boat and getting in his boat and saying, "Cast your net on it." This is so, this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. The one that Andrew says waiting. to Peter, this, "This is him. This is the guy I've been telling you about." You know, this is the one we've been waiting. For. That is. Such a wonderful explanation, Todd, of why it's important to read all, all the scripture, all the gospel, all whether it's important to read the word and understand what it, the hyperlinks. Yeah, the hyperlinks. Um, and, and I think that that is one of the stories that illustrates this so powerfully. And, and, I, and I hope the people who are listening get that, that it's, these aren't haphazard little things that are happening. It, they're, they're tied together. It's, tied together. it's a whole story. It's a whole story. The, the, the Bible is a whole story. It is a history. It is um, it is the, the creation of the, the culmination of the religion. It's prophecy. It's biography. It's letters to friends. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's the whole thing. I, I, again, I got to say it. I I appreciated that story. It's something that you think about, but it's something that you don't always put together. And well, the chosen, the movie. The, the series, yeah. The Chosen, does a very good job of connecting it really do, of doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that the most biblically correct thing in the world, but they try real hard. It's a, it, they work very it's a hard TV to show telling their story. But if yeah. you're wanting to see if, 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 if I think one of the inspirations, this is the inspiration, one of the inspirations mm -hmm. For the chosen, for the book, the story, where people try and help us to understand this is a whole story. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not. Jesus wasn't walking down the shore and going, "Dudes, come on, let's go." Oh, he's cool. Let's follow him. Um, it was. It was deeper than that. Early, and I've heard this with a lot of young Christians. And I, I, in fact, one person said to me one time, "I feel like I'm getting snapshots." Mm -hmm. uh, which you know to, to some point is true you are um, because we don't get every single moment of everything that happened scriptures are plain about that and said well there's many more things that Jesus did but I suppose that the world wouldn't be able to hold all the yeah. volumes you know yeah. that could be written is that Luke who says that? Uh, I think so it sounds, yeah. it sounds very Luke yeah, doesn't, doesn't it? <laughs> had a lot of other stories but I can't tell well, I can't, yeah there's no way that the world could, could hold all of these stories so we get these little snippets, but we but we have to understand. It's imperative to understand that all of these things are connect, connected. They're interwoven. It's not just short little stories that, and then it jumps to another story. There's a connection for all of these things that happen. Um, 
there's more to the feeding of the 5,000 than, than different the, versions of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's more, and, uh, there's more to the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, there, the, the stories are told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, the healing and the cleansing of the leper, the uh, centurion, the people who were sick and healed. There, there's, there's more each one of these. Hebrews tells us a, a little more about what happened with Cain and Abel. Yes. Which can seem like a very hard story to grasp. Some of these stories aren't pretty. No, they're not. But again, we've talked about this before. Um, the, the little thing in the land, the witch in the wardrobe, yeah. the chronicle. Is he safe? Safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Yeah. Um, there are places that you can go online that will talk about, they will give you all of the gospel parallels. Um, I found one place that has uh, actually four pages. Of yeah, in fact, if you, will, if you will Google or DuckDuckGo gospel parallels, you'll get a you'll get ton some, of information. You'll get some great. Um, if you're interested in how more of these stories uh, get forward and are tied together. One last one, and I won't go into detail on it, but I think one that's interesting is the Sermon on the Mount versus the Sermon on the Plains. And Matthew and Luke take this sermon that's preached by Jesus, which because it's two different locations, you get the idea that this was the message he was giving when he went places. Mm -hmm. um, but I think would be worth looking. Look for the, that parallel when you're looking one up. Yeah, it's the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. That would be excellent. And it's the same. It's the same message, but but he was giving this message. You get the feeling when he would stop along the way and speak to people who would gather around him. This is the message. This is what he would say. Um, guys, I, we could go on. In case you can't tell, we could go on forever and ever. Um, but uh, we we have uh, many more of these conversations coming. We hope you guys will come and spend some time with us through those. Uh, I love that you spent a, a good part of, of, of your day-to-day -day with us sitting and, and having this conversation with us. Please join us for the conversation. Please write back and let us know some things that you thought of. Um, and uh, we love you guys. You have a great rest of your day. Bye.